This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the forecast that thoroughly believes that every time Evan Stone has a scene, his partner has to practice their lines, specifically the gagging, to make sure that they're on par with Evan Stone's acting. I am your co-host, Yvette Dontremont. Here is my beautiful, delightful, charming, glowing co-host, Alice. Alice, how are you doing today, baby? Okay, so I'm a little frustrated because I have salsa on my blazer. And I thought you were going to say lower from where you were gesturing. <laughs> like, and we've had that conversation on this podcast before and it got weird. I mean, I am a, your spicy tamale, but... Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't anticipate in this way. So as much as I love salsa, uh, maybe the less on my body, the better? It doesn't seem like a topping that is compatible with sexy eating. I mean, sexy eating, maybe if you're what like... is sour cream? Sour cream, perhaps. I think it's just the, the possibility for something going awry into an area that spice is not compatible with, that worries me but also sour cream worries me for like fermentation reasons (laughs) like I feel like we need to call Dr. Gunter on this like any of the scientists who follow this podcast because we have the most scientists listening to this porncast of any porncast on the planet that's just if you are a scientist (laughs) please email us at info at two girls with Mike what toppings work best on a body which ones are acceptable is it sour cream or salsa or something else I would guess if you are if you are fluid bonded it would be coconut oil but I don't think that's a particularly tasty one. I don't think people are like, let's have some coconut oil for a rarely tasty time, honey. Like that's, it's more like, hey, we're out of lube and we want to put it in the butt tonight. You know, like that's, that's when coconut oil comes out. I have a funny story about that, actually. We actually have a guest, by we the way, do. on the show. <laughs> we're having an FFF. We're having some tribbing. We're having a ladies night. And ladies this is, night. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, All right, I'll, I'll never sing again on this podcast. Don't worry. To get me to sing, you need to find me at karaoke, and you shouldn't do that. So anyways, <laughs> we're here with a lovely guest. We have we have Madame Ginger. We have Ginger Banks, a porn starlet and cam girl. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. Thank you for hanging out with us. What is your story with coconut oil? <laughs> this one guy wanted to have sex with me without a condom, and I told him he needed to get tested for STDs. And he told me that he knew he didn't have any STDs because whenever he would have raw sex with a girl, he would use coconut oil, which meant he couldn't get an STD. Oh and my then God. he would also put his dick in apple cider vinegar no. after no. and then no. that would also help prevent him from getting stds and he was okay. dead fucking serious stop salad dressing does not kill stds <laughs> sorry to yell I just- although ranch might be used as lube he probably thought like eating ranch helped prevent stds like it was just coming out of nowhere i was like where did you get this information well i was gonna say if you eat enough ranch and you still have that scent on you it'll prevent people from fucking you and hence could prevent stds no 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 that just means you're from texas even <laughs> look i'm originally from new hampshire and now i live in california that's just a part of the country that that i skipped entirely i say y'all but that's just that's just subterfuge ranch dressing is amazing on so many things but thank you I- don't think it has any STD prevention benefit. No, but it's pro- no. it makes everything no. delicious. So tell me, okay, I need someone to write in and say it's not delicious on a dick. <laughs> it is. Someone would have to try Never that because it. right now you're you're working with a, a hypothesis of it must taste delicious on a dick. We are not taking into account dick taste. Unless- this is what I just imagined. Taking a bite of pizza, <laughs> dipping the dick in a thing of ranch and sucking the dick off and being like, that's the only way I eat ranch with pizza. You know, if you did that on cam, I would fucking pay to watch it. Like, that's a thing just because it's amazing. I'd send you a stunt dick. Like, I'd send my husband over just to watch. Like, not that I'm saying that you have to think you would do, but I just, I'm like, I have to watch this on camera. Derek, you're needed. I'd be doing weird ass shit. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. The thought of watching a dick ranch pizza go. It's- oh, has anyone ever wrapped a dick in a pizza? I'm horrified and titillated at the same time. Like, my worry would be, is the cheese still, like, what temperature is this? Is that technically a topping? Is it a calzone? Is it technically a sandwich or not? I think if it goes all the way around, it becomes a burrito or, like, 360, you know, then there's qualifications. It's burrito. It's a wrap. Wait, where do you stand on, is a hot dog a sandwich? It's a taco. Oh, God. I think it's a... 
its own category. Yeah, I think things can be their own. Like at some point you swap out enough things and at what point does it no longer become the original thing? And it's like, I feel like somewhere- Like is at a taco ta- a sandwich? No. Is it the eating it upright? Because you have meat in between a bread type substance. Are you kidding me? Taco is absolutely a sandwich. Oh, oh we have- Right? Is it just like a Mexican sandwich? mini Mexican sandwiches. There's carbohydrates involved. There's protein. There's vegetables. What makes it not a sandwich? Tortilla. Technically, a sandwich started off when the Earl of Sandwich stuck some meat between two slices of bread. So the fact that it is not two slices could be a disqualifier. But that makes you question, is a sub a sandwich or not? Because that is technically one piece of bread unless it is cut, which makes it kind of not a sub anymore. If you know the definition of a sandwich, <laughs> email us at info at twogirlswithmike.com. Look, this is what happens when I'm a little too caffeinated, which might make the show funnier, might make me a little more annoying. I'm just going to ask Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I will retweet the shit out of that and just be I'll like, just guys, it, this, was, this was contention. We need to know. So, Ginger, you are a cam girl. I know we've had definitely performers who do camming, but did you start off with camming and then transition into porn? Yes, I was a webcam model for eight years before I shot for any professional porn production companies. And yeah, I've been doing that for a year, which is great. I recently shot a content trade scene for a porn company, which means they didn't pay me, but they gave me a copy of everything I shot, which just like improves my quality of work on all my clip sites. And my fans get to like, see high definition fucking normally it's like (laughs) from my phone or like more amateur style that's what I like to make but a lot of people really prefer that when they want to put on the widescreen yeah exactly some people like 4k exactly they want your clitoris to be at least a foot and a half high which it deserves to be exactly like a clit as big as my head so I've been shooting different stuff you know And I want to shoot shit that's inspiring, too. Like, this was, like, a really romantic point of view, like, vacation with me. So it was, like, a couple that goes on vacation. And it was for a website that you get to do, like, okay, so it pops up on the screen. And it's, like, pick your adventure style porn. Oh. What? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, so it pauses. It's called Life Selector. You can do, like, the first couple things for free, too. So it's like, hey, babe, let's go on a vacation. And you high five and it pauses. And it's like, do you want to run your hands all over Ginger's body? Or do you want to hurry up and go on vacation? Which I don't know why anyone would pick that one. But So you obviously pick the one where you run your hands all over your body. And it's all point of view. So you like feel like you're that one doing it. And it was just really cool. It's like really interactive and different and inspiring. Like I liked it. It'll be like Black Mirror, except you get to fuck someone in the end. Each time. Exactly. Where do you want the cum shot to go? I wish I could have done that. That would have been a really difficult, though. <laughs> Makeup done. Get really specific. <laughs> have a couple uh, scenes edited in that are really dark and messed up where if you do it enough times, it, you know, like... Um, that would be so dope. If you go on repeat on getting head too many times, <laughs> she sits in the corner and says, excuse me, I deserve some attention here, motherfucker. This never happens <laughs> in our relationship, and I'm tired of it. That would be really funny if on April 1st, Life Selector, <laughs> they just didn't tell anyone, like, all of a sudden you're <laughs> fucking someone and like her head splits open or like, or like the dude's dick breaks like like you know like you're just like you keep playing it you're like what the fuck happens like all these insanely hilarious weird shit keeps happening I could write you that. do a special combo of sex positions and then eventually in reverse cowgirl the dick breaks off the dick breaks off and you accidentally shit on him oh no Accidentally. This is two girls, That's, one mic. I had to do some shit slash <laughs> puke hey, references. Hey, excuse me, but people normally pay extra for that. You know what you guys should do at the beginning of your podcast? Have you ever seen Two Girls, One Cup and... What was your first experience like? Have you guys ever seen it? Yes. I decided not to watch it. You know, <gasps> I, here's the thing. I, I know what I've been told. I, I have an idea. I think I've said this on the show before. It's kind of like when somebody says, oh, God, they, they taste something bad. Oh, this is disgusting. Here, taste this. I've learned not to taste <laughs> it. That is a thing I have learned in my adulthood. Do not taste the thing you've been told is disgusting. Are you ready for me to ruin it for everyone? 
it's like dessert. Like the poop is like dessert that they like squirt into the butthole. It must be a very clean butthole. So, I mean, it's still stuff coming out of a butthole. They're still puking it up, but I guess it's like specifically chosen for that, you know, like, so it's not all shit and all poop. Yeah, that that doesn't make it much better. (laughs) Dominique Ansel will not approve of that dessert. They're pooping it out, but it's not poop. I don't know. Allegedly. That is not a French pastry. No. Actually. There's been an enema and then a thing shoved up butt plug style that's been squeezed. When I saw it, though, in high school for the first time, I legitimately ran to the bathroom and was gagging. Oh, my God. I had no idea what was coming. You know, nobody told me anything. So I was just like, oh, cool. We're all watching porn together. This is racy. We're... What the fuck? Like... Yeah. What's wrong with my friends? That's what I thought. The worst one I've seen still was Tub Girl. And please don't go looking it up. Oh, oh my gosh. I just (gasps) learned about that literally last night. I was on Reddit reading about it. It's one that I saw that made me gag. Like, it's please don't look it up. It's bad. It's just, it's bad. It's like, I remember I saw Goatsy and Goatsy didn't freak me out (laughs) that badly. thinking about that. Like, those are like the three, the pantheon of you have to be fucking kidding me. Why are people doing these things with their butts? Humans Uh, are crazy. Let's give them free butt plugs. My favorite is a cum box. The the (gasps) cum box? Right? What? Mm -hmm. what? The dude on Reddit just... There's a thing I didn't know about in the coming universe. I need to hear this. So this dude basically (laughs) needed a place to come uh, while he was living with his parents. He happened to have a shoe box. He should have eaten it. (laughs) He kept coming into this box. And then over time, you know, he, he had a collection in a box. And then eventually, here's the worst part. He tried getting rid of it, but like by burning it. What? Oh, I have a joke. It e-cumulated. It accumulated. Oh. We live for bad puns on the show. It's either one of us is, is normally grabbing the worst one for the day. It's okay. I'm a pun sexual, so it works. Mm. It turns me on, baby. I love it. Me too. Okay, so Ginger, you cammed for eight years. I know nothing about camming. I mean, for those of us who have never cammed ourselves, like what goes on behind the scenes? Is there competition? Is there thing like, can you pull back the veil a little bit for us? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh dear. The website that I've worked on for nine years is called My Free Cams, and they have a contest each month. It's called the Miss My Free Cams contest. And it's Ooh. basically just a ranking of everybody and the amount of money they've made on the site. So the person who makes the most money gets like a bonus or whatever, but it's turned into this like competition where people have like every month, the amount that you make at number one has gone up. And I'm pretty sure if you make number one now on my free cams, you personally take home a hundred thousand dollars that month. Whoa. Uh, what? And then it kind of is like a, it goes down a little bit, but I mean, I've ended in the top 20 a couple times. Like I didn't make that much because I was at number one, but it's still five digits, like over $20,000 a month if you're in the top 20. So it's like a lot of money. It's very competitive. Wow. Like it's just crazy how it's just been a natural thing that's been on its own because like I think it started out, they gave you like a prize and then now it's more of like a title thing. Like I finished in the top 20. Like it's really hard so, okay, that. what makes someone finish in the top 20 or top five? Like, do you have to have, like, a gig? Are there certain metrics? You have to have a combination of things. Like, you can work every single day, but there's whales. There's people who will literally carry you. Like, some members get invested in the models that they have as their favorite in winning the contest, and so they just want to see you in the top. And if you're putting out new content every month, you can put out a video and charge $50 a video. Like, that newest video that I put out... Okay, I charge $50 a thing. I have no idea how much the membership is for Life Selector, but it's not $50. So, like, my free cams, you can charge a lot for your videos. It's just, like, it's an interactive, community-based experience where these people, they just want to support you. They want to buy your new content. I mean, I give away free videos like nobody's business because I'm not sending out a physical copy, you know? Yeah. I always Mm. under promise and over deliver is like a business thing that I learned that I try to apply 
in camming because it is a business and so and in sex yeah <laughs> oh no i sucking dick is like uh and then you just like deep throat it you're like oh! 20 minutes later your yeah. mouth's not tired they're like wait i thought you huh <laughs> wait what i thought you didn't really like giving blowjobs well i mean this mouth talks so much you really don't think that it won't sustain itself <laughs> what do you think I've been doing all this talking for? It's practice for you. It's my excuse for my husband, man, you know. <laughs> Actually, Ginge, have you ever uh, seen the Netflix movie Cam? I did. So how similar is that to the actual Cam world? Scarily similar. Really? To the point Ooh. where, okay, I had a friend after she watched it and she was like just convinced that they had people watching the cams in order to like figure out to make it as accurate as possible. And I told her that no, the person who wrote it was a former camera model. So obviously oh. she really did have an in-depth look at what it was like. I try to watch everything that's relevant and in the mainstream about porn or sex work because of what I do. Otherwise, why would I have an opinion on it? Like so many people freak out about certain things like Hot Girls Wanted, the second one that came out or bonding. And I know there are definite big problems with both of those things, but they don't acknowledge the good that comes from such a mainstream, wide, like appealing thing being put out there that normalizes our jobs. So I think there's good and bad in everything. Mm. And I just wish people would take that approach. You know, I had a lot of problems with bonding too, but I also saw the good in it. I think there's good and bad. The consent problems and bonding really were kind of fucked up. <laughs> uh, bonding. What was... I'm not familiar. It's a new show on Netflix uh, oh. where a guy, he's uh, working at, like college aged for a dominatrix. And it's actually, I looked into it because the guy has a Twitter. He based it on his own life experience. So he had a fucked up relationship with his dom. That's what we're finding out. <laughs> there are people who have fucked up relationships with their doms? No. Wow. Everything's not perfect. I know. Okay. Right? I've witnessed some of these. <laughs> Exactly. And I think I think that's really important for people to acknowledge is just because you're like in some sort of BDSM relationship, it doesn't mean that abuse cannot happen. Yeah. And I see a lot of... I consented to it, so it's okay. No, it's not. Yeah. I see a lot of relationships in this industry that are framed as like daddy, you know, whatever relationships, and they just come off as really abusive in my opinion, but like, it's also hard for me to, you know, I'm super like, I guess not kink shaming. And I guess that could get in the way of, is this person, you know, in a bad relationship or whatever. Like I see so many one-sided non-monogamous relationships that it drives me fucking yep. insane. Mm, like oh, that specifically exist. is like, cisgendered male female relationships where the male gets to fuck as many girls as they want but the girl never gets to experience anyone else sexually unless it's for the pleasure of her partner yeah that's not a double standard yeah they can have threesomes he can have other partners uh but there's so much dick fear from the guy that you know how could you possibly go out and have someone else and still it's you know, I see this in poly and BDSM communities a lot. And I mean, I hope people don't think we're saying that the actions that people take within BDSM sex is abuse. You know, most of when there's consent, go ahead and and flog away. But, you know, the relationship structures can get just as bad. And we have to have these conversations about, you know, what does constitute as abuse? And we have to be okay talking about, hey, did I give consent to that? Uh, I'm not okay with us doing this. Or I am okay with X, Y, and Z. I mean, it's also amazing that even people in monogamous relationships, you know, being with each other for several years, will have things that they just hold back from their partner because they feel, oh, well, they're probably not into that. Whereas the other person could be totally down to try something new, which is frustrating, but it is what it is. So talk to your partner, communication. So uh, Ginger, so before the start of the show, you and Yvette were talking about... <laughs> Removing makeup sponges from vaginas. Oh, yeah. This is a thing? This is a thing that every doctor that's listening to this, and every, specifically uh, Jen Gunter, I'm sure uh, if anyone sends this your way, 
please send the hate mail to uh, info at twogirlsonemike.com. So uh, I had learned about this long before the podcast that a couple friends of mine in porn would use a damp, those triangular shaped makeup sponges in lieu of a tampon or a menstrual cup or whatnot so that they could work through those wonderful week of the month in which we have our bleeding days. And of course, when I've mentioned this to anyone who works in the medical field, they're horrified. But, you know, I did have that one time where I had to reach up into a girlfriend's vagina and pull out her sponge because the texture is so similar to your own flesh that you can't detect it when you're having sex. Wait, what did the medical professionals say is the problem? Breeding ground for bacteria, high possibility of toxic shock syndrome. But at the same time, I'm sitting here going, I have yet to hear of somebody getting toxic shock syndrome, but that doesn't mean that I condone it. How often does this happen? Okay. I was in the industry, like I said, for almost nine years, and I just used my first makeup sponge during a scene. It was during that film I was just talking about. And I could not get it out of my own vagina. The male talent had to get it out himself. But he also taught me a trick to get it out myself. When you put your fingers in, you normally make like a peace sign and try and close it. But what he said is to like try and make a peace sign, but put your fingers on top of one another and like kind of cross your fingers and do that when you grab it because you have more strength grabbing that way compared to this way. Like if you feel how strong that is compared to that, it's like way more of a grip, you know? To our audience members at home who are not in porn, uh, we are not condoning this as a substitute for tampons. Please oh, no. don't. Because I cannot see in any way any doctor who is listening to this thinking this is okay. Okay. I just saw on Twitter that a adult performer made a sponge that's specially shaped and specially formulated from a specific type of material. Hmm. There's like a little hook inside of it so you can pull it out. If the material's been approved and it's not and it's hygienic, then I yeah, have its body safe. Yeah. Like, it should be better. But you know, I definitely thought like this can't be That is a smart instinct you have. Like, can we just normalize period sex? I feel like too often we always try and deal with like the results of a problem instead of dealing with what's causing it. Like, why do porn stars have to use makeup sponges on set? It's because period sex is a really weird, like, it's like super weird. Even though I feel like a lot of girls that I know say that's when they're the horniest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My engines totally rev during that time. (laughs) And sex, like, one of the best, like, natural and masturbation, like, cramp relievers, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So I hope y'all are getting some ideas from us or getting horrified. I, like, want to endorse things that, like, I care about and, like, I believe in. So I feel like I got to find some sex toy lines. And, like, I really want to try some lube with THC in it. I've heard so many good things about it. Now, one thing I will say is when I was in Barcelona at the sex museum there, in the gift shop, they had a weed lube. Uh, Now, I don't know if this applies to all different THC lubes, but this particular one that the woman told me to try out, she basically told me to take a little bit and put it on... um, the inside of my lip, and it tingled a lot. Now, whether or not that's common, I have no idea. I know a lot about weed, and I feel like then it's not lube. She's just telling you to sublingually yeah. take the weed. Like that's, I mean, that, that seems like it probably would have had something with menthol or camphor in it more than... But okay. it, it does hit you in like 10 to 15 minutes if you put it under your tongue like that. And it's kind oh, of yeah. like the ed- effects of edibles, but it doesn't take 45 minutes to hit you. Yeah, edibles can knock you on your ass in a hurry. Or let me rephrase that. Strong edibles can do things to you depending on the route of administration, so to speak. I've heard so many bad stories about edibles that the first time I started eating them, like I was a huge fucking stoner and I started taking edibles and I would take like the tiniest amount and I'd be like, oh yeah, nothing's happening. And then my friends were like, yeah, because you smoke weed all day, every day. Like you're basically taking the equivalent of like... 
one hit. <sighs> yeah, corner burning a ball or something. I was like, oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, bad. I mean, it's hard to because edibles. There are horror stories. Like the first time I took an edible, and this, uh, I it was an edible of unknown vintage, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you're new to it. Go to a dispensary. Take the smallest dose possible, and you wait at least an hour before you. They're going. Nothing's happening. Oh like my you God, wait, yeah. wait some time, or else the edible will bite you back. Nobody knows anything about it. Yeah, like never know how long it's going to take to kick in. Like forty-five minutes to an hour, sometimes longer. I've had one kick in in twenty minutes. I've had them take two hours. Like, and there's no way to know how long it's going to be and it's annoying that's why I like to take liquid edibles those are my favorite it seems like they kick in way faster because your body doesn't have to break it down what is a liquid edible mine comes in like a syrup and I put it in lemonade yeah I'll just take it by the teaspoon I'm like I just let's get this done quickly (laughs) I make pot butter at home I have we have a grower in the family and the last time I made these I made these cookie bars that were like one tiny square of it. And with it, it was one of the few things that's kicked me in the head in 20 minutes flat. It was a lot. And it was it was one of those can't feel my feet things. And normally I'm like, could this please just get my hip pain? Huh. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I don't smoke pot or eat edibles. Yeah. So I just, I'm learning. <laughs> no, I get it. You're like, this is interesting, but... Alice is the New Yorker who drinks and the Californian who smokes. It balances out. Yeah. So one of the things I noticed uh, when I was doing some research is that you accept crypto, I believe, for camming? Ah. I do. I accept Ethereum and anything else if you want to send it to me, but that's the one I mainly accept. I used to work on Spank Chain. They are a campsite that you can get paid in Ethereum. I just don't have a lot of customers that use crypto. So the ones that do will send it to me. But Is crypto often used in porn or not really? I believe that it's going to be the future. Like It's kind of like the internet. I believe it's inevitable that it's going to take over eventually. I think it's just like taking a while for uses to come out for it. But I think it's one of those things, especially with how bad payment processors discriminate against mm. sex workers. Like, yeah. it makes sense to use it. There's a lot of payment, I'm not going to say company names, but like there used to be this company, Payoneer, that just basically disappeared really? out of fucking nowhere. What? Okay. Wait, I'm very familiar with Payoneer. Yeah. I thought they were still around. Not for us. Oh. You know, we can bleep them. No, say their name. I don't give a fuck, but. All right, fuck it. No bleeping. Let's tell what you would like to say about them uh, and that you don't think will get you sued. They disappeared and they took like hundreds, if not thousands of sex workers money. What? And nobody talks about this stuff either. So what was, uh, like, how did this... They were like a card slash bank that you would get basically paid out on many vids or my free cams or whatever website. I get paid from them via um, one of the websites I write for. So I'm horrified. Yeah, so we got paid via them and then... I don't know. It's weird to me now to hear that you still get paid via them. Like, I don't know why that would happen with just our money. Hmm. The last article I wrote for that website, uh, it took over a month. They said, for some reason, my payment didn't process and paid me via PayPal. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it wasn't just us. I think it was everyone. And most people who are using Payoneer don't anymore. But it's just weird. The limited options a lot of people have, I think that they should look into crypto. Just to clarify, I might have been a one-off with what happened with Payoneer at my company. I don't know, but that's so weird. Well, that's another thing. You mentioned uh, payment processors discriminating against porn performers. I've heard of this before. I'm not exactly, I got to do a quick Google search, but I know that there's a handful of banks that discriminate against you guys. I know that there are a handful of payment processors. Do you know any off the top of your head? And how does that work? And like, are they looking for the type of transactions or how it's coming in? I'm curious. There's like morality clauses when you work with banks, apparently, on what you can and cannot use your money. Like a lot of banks, I hear about how they block payments to porn sites and people have to call their bank to get their payments (laughs) to go through. Oh, wow. How can you not say that doesn't drastically affect the number of sales? Like I think those fans so much when they do that, I'd be like, okay, fuck that. I'm going to call the guy just to embarrass the shit of him. Yeah, I'm calling because I want to pay for my porn. Exactly. Like, 
that's a thing that people do. Like, why the? F- it's incredible. Like the things that we have to deal with. Like I'm everything. Shocked. Airbnb. It's J.P. Morgan Chase. It's Instagram. It's like every big company that exists. PayPal for sure. Especially they're like. There's people, let's say, example, Joey Kim. She's an artist that works on My Free Cams. She has her own website. She started her own camming platform, and she specifically reached out to PayPal to see if what she was doing was approved because she only does solo nude, like, artistic stuff. Mm. So she reached out to them. They said yes. After a couple years, they said, never mind, we can't do business with you and we're going to put all the money that's in your account on hold. And it took the people at Spank Chain helping her to get her money back. Like even me, when my PayPal got shut down, it had $600 locked in it, I think, for like over a year. And that sucks because that could be rent. How can they do that to you? Morality clauses. That's like the world we live in when we choose to work with banks. And that's why I'm sorry, but there is an intentional misinformation campaign going on out there about cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. Think about what you have heard about in the mainstream media. I hate using those words. Sorry. It always sounds a little conspiracy theorist. The media is out to... It sounds like I'm a Trump supporter, which I'm not. We're the new info wars. No, wait. We're here to tell you about... The media talks about Bitcoin like it's some speculative thing, which has happened because speculators got involved. But like that wasn't the point of Bitcoin. The point of Bitcoin was not to be something that people got in to invest in. It has... These things have uses and their uses are not something that the like Wall Street needs to be getting involved with because now the narrative is oh, Bitcoin is unreliable because the price goes up and down and people don't know anything other than Bitcoin. They don't understand the widespread uses of cryptography that have nothing to do with even just cryptocurrencies. There's so many other uses. Like One of the main things that I could see being utilized is some sort of user verification. Like It would be great if they could verify users on the blockchain because there's so many scammers out there pretending mm. to be someone. There needs to be a way to verify who you are. And Does that exist yet within blockchain? I, I don't know. I kind of sort of vaguely They might have, have something had. with like a social media platform like that. So maybe it does already exist. But I feel like scammers are becoming such a huge problem that social media doesn't even care, though. Like I spent hours reporting these scammers the other day and – the ones that they did say were in violation, they didn't even take their accounts down. Oh, lovely. I'm like, <laughs> so you're breaking the rules, but... <laughs> we should have our friend Tiffany Madison on to talk about crypto. She's done very well for herself in that field. We'll have her and John McAfee on. But uh, yep. so for our audience who isn't familiar with what a blockchain is, so blockchain is just a distributed ledger. And that simply means that the ledger is spread across different networks amongst different peers in the network. And each peer holds a copy of the complete ledger, um, verifying so you know all the different transactions. Done. Exactly. So the whole point is really to have decentralized currency. And eventually, I mean, my hypothesis is that one of these cryptocurrencies is eventually going to just take root. Uh, You know, we had the bubble. It'll be a competing currency to what we have. Yeah. Or could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had the bubble last year in 2018 where, you know, where it did go mainstream and, you know, everyone, their mom and their dogs were, quote, investing. (laughs) But, you know, that's the problem. People were like, oh, this is cool, but they didn't know uses. I used to work with creatives in the fashion industry, and one of the big topics was sustainability. Well, think about the concept of maybe using ledgers to track where, I don't know, maybe where your piece of clothing came from or, you know, all the different parts of that. That's not necessarily in relation to, you know, using the currency itself, but there are uses for blockchain technology. It's just we're still trying to figure it out. And that's a problem. Totally. It's the probiotic of the financial world. (laughs) That was my attempt at humor. I I saw like... A picture in, I don't want to say what country in Africa was, but it was some country in Africa where they were taking their land registries and they were trying to put it on the blockchain. And it was this room. You could just see 
how long it would physically take to do that would probably take years. And so that's, and the tweet said, this is why the implementation of it is taking so long. Like there are uses, but it's going to take a long time for us to like get them out there. Like I truly believe in it. I really do. That's why I've never sold Mm. any of the cryptocurrency I've ever bought. I hold it. I mean, until I retire. I got rid of a couple in 2018. <laughs> one of one of my friends I know invested uh, a couple hundred dollars in Bitcoin back when it was worth like less than a cent. Uh, wow, yeah. Yeah, she she did okay. She did okay for herself. Yeah, not, not bad. God fucking damn her. But there was one piece of advice she gave was don't do anything with it financially with money that you can't afford to lose. Exactly. Like people who sold their houses, like that was dumb. That was money you couldn't afford to lose. That was stupid. I met a lot of people during that at like parties. They'd be like, yeah, I'm a Bitcoin millionaire. Like, what's up? But now I think about them all the time. I'm like, I wonder what they're up to now. Like, I wonder. They're in Florida selling timeshares is my guess. I really want to go to, gosh, the height of those parties, like late last year, must have been the best. Exactly. Like when they had money. (laughs) Hodel, hodel gang, hodel (laughs) gang, guys. Ginger, I know that right now, one of the big things that you have going on on Twitter is you are part of the hashtag We Are Many campaign. And this does tie back into, well, discrimination against people in porn. So let's talk about that. Totally. The We Are Many campaign was started by ManyVids to basically just show how many sex workers are out there. This is something that I really try to get people to realize is that you probably know a sex worker. There's probably someone in your life who at one point or another did sex work to survive because they liked it, something like The reason I say that is because since I came out about my job, the people from my hometown specifically that would reach out to me and say, hey, I stripped or I worked on a webcamming site, not only was it so many people, but it was always the people that you would have never, ever thought like the super mm-hmm. quiet, shy girls who never spoke of. Like, oh, yeah. I wish I had been more open about my job earlier because my friends were putting themselves in stupid, unsafe situations and they didn't know they could reach out to me and get information about my job. That's one of the reasons why I'm so open about it is because Well, I'm privileged. I'm fucking privileged as shit. Nobody's going to kick me out of my house. Nobody's going to take my kids away from me. Nobody's, I don't have kids to be taken away from, you know, like (laughs) child free life. Woo. We'll take away your cats. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons why I haven't done full service sex work is I'm honestly kind of afraid at how out there I've put my name is that when I do it, I want to make sure I'm following the law and I want to bring into question like Why is that illegal? Like, when I went to a porn set, I fucked someone I had never met before. I left set. I never spoke to them again. That is almost like there are sex workers who really get to know their clients out there that are really good friends with them, that are invited to their family gatherings. They're invited to their son's bar mitzvah. Exactly. Because, like, I just posted an article on my Twitter about this one sex worker who services disabled people because I'm sorry, there are people in this world that if there wasn't sex work available to them, they will never have the ability Mm. to experience sex. Like there's no shame in paying for sex. And once you realize that and once you let people just enjoy the fact that they're paying for the time of a sex worker, they're paying to get to experience sex with someone who is highly empathetic, who cares about their clients being happy. Like most of the sex workers that I see are so empathetic that they get pleasure in making other people feel pleasure. That's how I feel about sex is that 
the better time that we're both having, like I, when I see that pleasure in my partner's face, I feel it. Like <laughs> we had Alice Little from uh, from the Bunny Ranch on not that long ago, and it seems like it's you know half sexual partner, half therapist. Totally, uh, in a lot of cases, which is what someone's looking for. I think in a lot of these cases, it's not just a physical release. You can do that with your hand. It's finding someone that you can be intimate with. That's a human need. I don't know if you guys saw, but Florida actually just approved to publish a database of the details of people who pay for sex. Yep. What? In response to that whole Robert Kraft bullshit, and they had to frame Mm -hmm. it as human trafficking, and now they are creating a registry. And it's crazy because I feel like the government is – they're doing these overreaches. They're doing these control – like they're testing it out on sex workers because we're one of these – these groups of society that I feel like if you're super all for social justice, you could still shit on sex workers. Like I see people like that all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like so fucking woke. But when it comes to sex workers, they're like just slut shame, make dead hooker jokes. You can be a swerf. It's a thing. Exactly. Oh, but they fucked a porn star. So wait, does exactly. that make them less human? Yeah, it is It is one thing that was disgusting about the left during Trump's, uh, during him being accused of, of having sexual relationships with uh, various porn stars yep. and models. Oh, he had sex with a porn star. And like, yeah, so? Yeah, uh, I have all of Chelsea Handler's books in her tweets. I was just about to mention her. I was crying. I, I was her. legitimately crying I because hate her. I love her. Okay, this is my theory with Chelsea Handler, though. Chelsea Handler is a sexual as fuck woman. She's always been someone who's been in Hollywood. Yeah. She's been super sexual. So she's someone that has been slut shamed. You know it. She's yes. dealt with it. And instead of her standing up and just saying it's wrong, you know, to do that to people, she's someone who it makes her feel better oh, to no. point down mm-hmm. and say, like, at least I'm not like one of those whores. At least I don't do oh, porn. Oh, shit, I missed at it. At least I don't. Yeah. Like, I see that all the time with women who are already super sexual in their own way, but they get shit about it from their peers. So to make them feel better, they say – well, at least I'm not like this whore. At least I don't do that. What did she say about sex? She said something about just Donald Trump dating a porn star and how it was like a bad thing or something negative about porn stars. I can't remember what it was exactly. Uh, I found the tweet. There's an entire generation of children whose first memory of their president is a man who supports child molesters, wife beaters, Russian hacking, and porn stars. That's not okay. It's our responsibility to make a memory and not a consistency. We all have a moral obligation. Keep going. There. And then that, so she like (sighs) put us in the same level as like child molesters. I like that. Yeah, totally. That was just my theory of why she does that is that I see so many people that are sexual women that and I mean she makes jokes about us all the time now but as of, it's not only Chelsea Handler I've noticed this it was amongst so okay many. Ron Perlman I think I have some tea on Chelsea Handler I uh so I was on a show that she was the EP on or she I think she still is the EP on a while ago and I made a joke backstage about uh Gwyneth Paltrow and I was told oh you can't joke about her around Chelsea they're best friends so oh, well wow. <laughs> fuck you and your pseudoscience pushing friend Chelsea Stop That's being so horrible funny. at sex workers. And <laughs> your best friend's pushing horrible junk and she's telling women to shove rocks in their pussies, exactly. which they shouldn't. Okay? Here's another problem I've noticed. Amongst comedians, they shit a lot on sex workers. And it's very frustrating. Like, you know, women where I, prior to doing this show and this podcast, people like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, I really respected. And then all of a sudden, you know, all my sex worker friends, they were like, no, they're horrible. fucking horrible. <laughs> and I wonder, like, I part of me wants to know if, like, if they just haven't been reached yet. And then part of me goes, no, there's no way they haven't heard the complaints about the way that they joke about these women. I don't know. Do you think someone gets to like a certain status though? Like I think I even see it in my industry where people get to a certain level and like they don't allow themselves to be questioned and the way they treat other people when they like have anything that they do questioned, like other people see that and they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to bring that up. They surround themselves with yes men after a point Mm -hmm. and they just, they can afford to. Well, it's not only the top tier comedians. I've noticed, you know, your everyday Twitter schmuck, the people between, you know, 3,000 to 150,000 followers who, you know, have maybe a little bit of notoriety or people who do stand up. 
It's amazing how many parallels there are to comedians and porn stars. And then there's so many porn stars who are comedians. But comedians definitely don't take porn stars seriously. So I always find it amazing whenever we have a comedian on the show, we try figuring out, okay, what's their perspective on porn? Do we have to change it while we have them on the show? Well, even if it's like a positive perspective on porn, it's almost always a positive perspective on porn is free. Mm. And that narrative too, which is like... So frustrating. We had one guy who he felt it was Brendan, who we loved so much, uh, our, our crazy Australian comic, who uh, felt bad about the way that women were treated in porn. He's like, "Look, I'm a straight white man." Like his his he's just a nut job, and we love him. But like he felt that there were bad things being done to women in porn, and he thought that was bad. And we're like, "No, no, 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 no. We've talked to a lot of women in porn, and it's not as bad as you think." So like when we have to bring someone around on that, when they feel guilty about the bad things that are happening, it's like that's not bad. Whenever someone says that, I'm always like okay porn just doesn't like appear in front of your face you go out and you look for porn. you seek that so dick. what type of porn are you looking for <laughs> where the women are being mistreated i'm sorry but you're not just like you know going on random porn generator.net you're going to Pornhub, and even if you do go to the front page i'm pretty sure it's not all degrading stuff it's probably a lot of incest but <laughs> well i mean after you screw with your algorithm enough it gets really degrading just <laughs> I, so i've heard if that's what you're searching for that's what's going to come up and if you're going to do that you need to find performers that are very outspoken about how degradation is something that turns them on and then you're doing it ethically i think other than that you might not be watching ethical porn i'm gonna be straight up with you like i have some moral dilemmas with okay let me start off saying this to you is coercion consent Mm. Mm, i'm gonna go with no no right no okay so so if you say no i don't want you to fuck me in the ass and then someone says okay i'll give you five thousand dollars And in this scenario, you don't have, like, a choice. Because of your economic situation, you're more likely to take that money. Is that economic coercion? I'd say it's coercion. I Can you consent when you're being coerced? And I think that's a good question. And so, like, I'm saying in a perfect world where everybody has their needs taken care of, you know, the only type of porn and sex work is going to be done is that what people like and people enjoy. And I try to say to every person that I meet in this industry, for your mental health, you should try to only do things that you enjoy. Because I'm going to tell you, anytime you do something for money that you, if you're only doing it for the money, and other words, you might not be doing it. Or if it's something especially degrading thing, that's what I'm talking about specifically. It's like things like that. Like, okay, putting cheese on my feet. If someone wants me to do that for money, it's not exactly going to be like traumatic to me, but maybe incest or degradation. I want a video just to laugh at. Exactly. (laughs) The fetish story. Baby, do you know where these cheese curds came from? My toes. We should record some fetish stories for Patreon after this. I feel like one of the things about this industry is I'll never stop learning about fetishes. And I just realized that the sexualization of stuff is completely up to the user. Putting on lotion can be sexualized. Reading a book eating food, blowing your nose, putting on deodorant, if all of those things can be sexualized, it's all relative. And I feel like anything can be a fetish at that point. I've met a lot of foot fetish guys and like I can understand liking rubbing them, liking like foot jobs, whatever. But like the one that likes licking the stinkiest feet, the better. I'm like, you know, like just it's all degradation, man. I feel like the dirtier and the nastier it's related to that. They tend to be subs more, more often than not. The ones that I've met, at least that have foot fetishes tend to be submissive. Totally. Well, We're definitely going to have an expert on the show to speak to us about that soon. Yeah. Degradation is definitely one of my favorite fetishes. And I feel like it's become more the more empowered and in charge and powerful I have become the more like I want those degrading bad things like I feel like it's like a reverse thing like the, the more yeah. powerful I am it's like a release when people do that to me like it, it makes sense and when I started talking about it a lot of doms were like yeah my most powerful 
clients are the ones who like that stuff too. Oh yeah. You're never going to get somebody who wants a, a, a harder uh, spanking than a CEO or a surgeon. <laughs> exactly. No, you could throw me into that bucket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. You're a strong bitch. Look, I destroyed someone's life today. I've been very bad. I wear a blazer to sleep. What do you think? <laughs> I think it needs to be ripped off because you've been, you've been not. Oh. Well, Yvette, fly on over. Will they, won't they? <laughs> Will they? We won't. Um, <laughs> no, 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 we won't. Not not for the foreseeable future, audience. I'm waiting for fan porn to come, or like uh, slash porn to come out. Fan fiction. Do you guys have OnlyFans? I feel like everybody should have OnlyFans if they're doing anything adult related. Like, even if you're not doing porn. No porn. Yeah, like... Like I said, like you could still just do extended, like dirty things. Like you just said for Patreon, like why not do that for OnlyFans? I just, I feel like their audience and their traffic has been growing so much that it's really hard. And they're owned by my free cams now. We could do Ryan, uh, Ryan Creamer style, um, clean porn. Even your bloopers, like behind the scenes bloopers, pictures of you guys just like hanging out. We need out. to have you back on for a business advisor. I'm just, I I'm do just consulting saying. for $100 an hour, but I'll talk to you guys right now for free, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we'll advertise you to my 300,000 followers on Facebook. We can, don't worry. We'll do a trade for we'll it. Like, it's like scenes only you don't have to lube up. It's cool. I'm excited about this. Only fans. Alice making pasta. Exactly. Only at seven. It's ASMR pasta making. Just put the mic really close <laughs> next to it. Especially with mac and cheese. See, everything can be monetized. That's what I'm saying. I should just record my entire day one day. Put it up. <laughs> break it up into clips and be like, okay, what's your fetish, bitches? The trick to my cupcakes is to whip that butter first, baby. Oh, yeah, you have to cream the butter. Did you see how I poured that red sauce? I poured it into the water while it was still boiling. <laughs> That's the trick. That's how you make it absorb. You like absorption, don't you? Ooh. You're I'm a sponge. You're a human sponge. You want to sop up all that red sauce. <laughs> Take it, baby. Take that sauce. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the Allison event ASMR comedy hour. Speaking of sponges soaking up red sauce, I took one of those makeup sponges out. This dude was fucking me and he was a civilian, so he didn't even know about it. And the look on his face, he was uh, like, oh, was that inside of you the entire time? <laughs> how did I not feel it? And I was like, look how small it gets, dude. I just like pressed it between my You should have said the same thing about his dick. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, honestly, that dude was like, we were hanging out at the pool and I was talking about uh, my Pornhub bikini I was going to wear the next day. And he's like, can you tone it down? Like, there's people here. And I was like, what? we are never fucking again in my head. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Really? Like, wow. I have Pornhub <laughs> leggings. I go to the gym proudly. And yeah, uh, wait, there are Pornhub. Why don't I? I would go to the gym more if I had Pornhub leggings. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've never gotten more attention in my entire life for anything than when I wore my Pornhub bikini to this pool party in Arizona. Like, everybody thought it was the coolest fucking thing they had ever seen in their entire life. Like, honestly, I sold a lot of videos that day on Pornhub, and I think it was because I wore it out. Like, a bunch of people recognized me, so it's not like... It's not out of the realm of possibility that they would have been like, that's Ginger Banks. Go look at our front Pornhub. I'm like, always going to wear Pornhub shit out. And it's a great conversation starter. So what you're saying is that we should put our stuff on Pornhub. And if we wear Pornhub gear, then we can just be like, oh, go to our site on Pornhub and you can get more of our craziness. I mean, the traffic on Pornhub. Like I said, okay. There's good and bad in everything. So while Pornhub is synonymous with free porn. We shit on MindGeek all the time. Yeah, they're a fucking monopoly. It sucks. But they're powerful. Yeah. And as someone who cares about destigmatizing and normalizing the industry, I see how fucking powerful they are. Like mm -hmm. Pornhub's in Rick and Morty. Pornhub is in all these things. And while they have been synonymous with free porn, the amount of traffic that they have, 
some people still want to see more. So if you don't give everything away for free, you don't let your downloads be free, people will pay 99 cents to download your video. People will go. They have a clip site now, and they are on track to be my number one earning clip site sometime this year. Like probably next month. So (laughs) like I'm not going to go out of my way to sign for them at events anymore and stuff like that because – I don't know. I don't want to lend my name to them too much, but I'm going to get as much as I can out of them and I'm going to use them for my goals when it comes to the stigma as much as I can. So their platform and their traffic. I mean, Evil Angel told me that their number one affiliate, like the person who signs up the most subscribers is Pornhub. Wow. So and all of my number one tippers have found me on Pornhub or another tube site and then came and found me, found that I had more porn to buy and started supporting me. So don't turn your nose up too much at it. Like use it to your benefit. Good and bad. Use Pornhub as a normal old website as well to promote. Use it like adult YouTube. Innovate with the times. Tube sites are where like 90 plus percent of the traffic that views porn goes on tube sites, like over 90%. All right, I'll start a cooking show on Pornhub. Stop pulling my leg. I'll do it. (laughs) I say we start a video version of this podcast on there. Oh, speaking, you guys were going to say about camming. I just charged this. Do you know what this is, right? I have one. Oh, Lush 2? Or I have a similar one. They vibrate to tips. So when you go on to a cam site, you put it inside of you and like... You set your settings like one to 20 tokens will give like a little buzz. And then you can like make it go higher and higher and higher. Like if they tip a ton, it'll just go off the crazy loud, like hardest one for a really long time. So I have one that does not connect to tips. But I have one that, yeah, connects inside and uh, allegedly onto G-Spot and clitoris. I connect to tips. <laughs> I connect with tips. Money makes me come. That's like a... <laughs> oh, I meant dick tips, but okay. <laughs> You connect with more than just the tip, Alice. That's I have true. faith in you. You're not a quitter. Well, there might be multiple tips. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I need to hear the story if when that happens. All right. We will talk to our Patreons about that. That's one of the reasons <laughs> I left my husband is that we had so many threesomes with girls because of me. Had nothing to do with him. Like, even some of the girls were like, I think I just fucked your boyfriend so that I could have sex with you. Or like, no, my boyfriend said, I think that she just fucked me so that she could fuck you. Nobody ever said it. And then later I was like, I want to have sex with more than one dude. Like, you're fucking drowning in pussy. And like, I would have a threesome for myself. And he was just like, the first time we talked about it, he's like, how could I deny that to you? And I was like, oh, like, that's the real response. And then later he's like, yeah, that's not happening. I don't think that's ever going to happen. And I was like, well, I'm 100% sure that's going to happen at some time in my life. So So who knows if this marriage is going to stay happening? Well, no, it was all porn that made me divorce him and like leave him is because like Greg Lansky reached out to me. He really wanted me to work with him. And I was like, he's the fucking top, best of the best. Like it really got in my head. Like I want to start doing porn. And then Twisties offered me like a girl-girl contract, super easy work. My husband convinced me to like not do it. And he wrote the email telling Twisties no. no. I remember I went back and I looked at it and I was crying. And I tried to talk to him about it since I left him. And he's like, we just had different visions for your career. Yeah, you (laughs) wanted a career and he wanted to be an asshole. Yeah, it it was a terrible situation. Well, here's a question. Did he write that letter without your consent? Okay, he manipulated me into deciding not to do it. Like, I had already told Twisties yes. And then he (gasps) manipulated me Mm. into... Rescinding. Literally, yeah. And I was, like, so upset. I was literally crying when we had the conversation. And he just, like, went and... And I was, like, fine, you know, basically, like, fine, I won't do it. And he, like, went and wrote the email. Like, that was a scenario. Yeah, I mean... Look, at the end of the day, there are certain things where you have to consider a priority. Career is one of them, you know, career, kids, uh, where you live. I mean, these are things that you can't really compromise on. Well, just that one thing I really resented him for. And once other companies started reaching out to me, I was like, I'm going to hate you. Like, I know I'm going to be 50 one day and I'm going to look back on this and I'm going to really regret it if I don't do it. So I have to do it. And I mean... 
it's been okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see how things go since I stopped like letting him manipulate me. But how long have you been out of that? Almost two years now, but like we're still going through the divorce. And Yikes. we only got married because he wanted to get married. He wanted his tuition to be cheaper at our college. Like I would have wow. never got I would have never gotten married to him. That's a reason to get married. Yeah. So for some reason I was doing all the divorce stuff and it was taking so much time and effort that I the last thing I said to him, I'm like, why am I the one doing this when I wasn't even the one that wanted to get married? Like I'm sorry. Like I'm not spending the time and money to do this. Here's my address. Serve me the papers. And he hasn't even said one word to me and he like won't oh. reply to me now and I don't want to be manipulated by him anymore and I think he knows that and so it's just like can we be adults though like I can't wait for the day when I can never talk to him again that's frustrating he got a discount on tuition that's worth at least a, some divorce paper oh I paid for his tuition too what the like fuck? for years so you paid for his tuition with the work you were doing in porn. He didn't have a job. I paid for his tuition. I gave his family $30,000 plus that I'm trying to get paid back to me, but he like won't. Oh, girl, you're not going to say that. I don't think I'm ever going to get that money back. But And all he had to do was be supportive of your career. Oh, yeah, right. What are people going to think? That's what he said over Ugh. and over and over again. What so are people like, going to think when you take him to court for that money? What are people going to think? I know he's... He's crazy. He's crazy. Every person I know who's ever gone with the what are people going to think thing, they always have underneath the carpet, there's mold. There's fucking mold. There's pus and mold and maggots. There's something that like, no one's that perfect. I'm like, you don't even talk to any of your friends from college. Why do you care? I don't know. I live my life how I want as long as I'm not hurting anybody or doing anything I consider unethical. We're good. What's really frustrating about the, you know, what are people going to think that mentality is, you know what, most people don't give a shit. And the people who do think they are going to hate it and who cares if they're vocal or not. But there's going to be plenty of people who think it's cool. I mean, when we started this porn podcast, people said, well, what are what are they going to think at your job? Where are they going to, what's your family going to think? What are your friends going exactly. to think? And then the podcast took off. And whenever people kept asking that, uh, they were like, what's all this fascination with porn? I'm like, well, are you saying you don't watch pornography? <laughs> Nobody has come up with any comeback to that yet. And I challenge you, sir, who does not like pornography, to tell me what I am doing wrong by discussing pornography. How do you Thank even you. know what it is? Like, If you don't like it so much, please describe what about it you don't like to me in vivid detail. Okay. So many people reach out to me for help about a million things. And one of the things is someone's blackmailing me. Someone just sent all of my porn to my husband's work or my husband's coworkers and stuff like that. And number wow. one, there are revenge porn laws in place. It doesn't matter if your porn is out there for sale. In some states, it's getting better. Yeah, in some states, you're right. If you're using it as revenge or blackmail. The way that it is worded is that if it is used in a certain way, it is illegal. And the way those people are doing, like they're clearly trying to be malicious. So if it's being used as blackmail or revenge, then- Exactly. It, wow. And- Good. Where the fuck did these people find your porn? <laughs> it's, you were doing some shit. You need to have no shame because this is a power game. It's all about power. And these people are trying to take away the power from you. And a lot of people, they fight back and their bosses end up standing up for them. Or, you know, people are like, fine, this is what I need to fully jump into porn, to fully become a performer now. Fine, I'll quit my job. Even though I could stay, like, I might as well leave because who wants to be at a work where, like, everybody's yeah. seen your butthole, like, and they're being weird about it. Or own your butthole. That's it. Everyone like has a butthole. Own it. Hey, we have all seen Kim Kardashian's butthole, and that woman runs the planet now, okay? She's still, like, fucking number five on Pornhub. She's you like, know, for, for everyone, like, bagging on the Kardashians, I fucking love them. They're business geniuses. Yeah. 
whenever people are like, they're lazy, I'm like, you know what? They wake up every day and go to their 17 jobs and run their empire. Uh, I read today that Kim Kardashian has helped get something like 17 women clemency uh, from their jail sentences in the last several months. Yeah. And she's studying to be a lawyer right now. Like, Go to law school, Kim. You do your amazing things and you let us still enjoy your butthole on Pornhub. There's good and bad in everything. Like, yes, they encourage people no, to spend a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, exactly. No, fucking hate the contract. Like, clearly there's good and bad Wear whatever you want, girls. Just I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait. I just bought a shirt that says proud slut because one of the things that I started to realize is literally just wearing porn stuff out in public is a good way to do activism work because you start conversations and people like will question things that they had never thought, especially meeting people out in public. They're like, whoa, you're a real human being buying coffee. This is crazy. You have oh flesh and thoughts and public no okay I-, I need to talk about my favorite shirt so <laughs> i bought it when pornhub did a pop-up in soho uh two years ago uh it's a brazzers t-shirt because that's one of the hundred plus sites they own and initially before i had this show i felt uncomfortable wearing it around now i fucking love it by the way when i showed my parents my new house and we did a family photo together i was wearing that shirt that's dope. They must be so proud. The best service I've ever had from TSA was wearing that shirt. Oh my God. Airport workers love porn merch. It is so true. Stop. It's so oh, true. Oh, wait. Though. And you make their day. Like you make them happier. Like that's the thing is like people have never seen porn merch in the wild. So it's like something new for them and exciting. Like porn is associated with masturbating, which is fun. You know, it's like... Here's another thing that happens with TSA. So I always travel with a carry-on because I hate waiting for my baggage. Your vibrator goes off every once in a while, doesn't it? Not necessarily once in a while, just kind of all the time. Because when you have so many and they throw it around. My favorite was recently uh, one of the TSA agents... She said, put all the electronics in, like, take them out. Oh, you saucy minx. (laughs) You're like, all of them? Do you mean that? Do you really mean that? Here's the kicker. I didn't take all of them out. And she called them out. She whipped out my Hitachi. And I said... I should have taken out my vibrator. That's definitely bigger than a cell phone. (laughs) It was 7 a.m. I would have been like, ma'am, that's a biohazard. I know. I didn't clean that last night. You should put that away. Ma'am, that's for personal use only. She started arguing with me. She was like, ma'am, is this an electronic? And I'm like, yes, one I use on my vagina, on my clitoris. I apologize, ma'am. Next time I will put a separate pussy bag for all of my pussy electronic items. I'll just pull it out, say pussy. I didn't think everyone in line here wanted to know what I used to get off. Um, You know, I could have held my left hand through the x-ray machine, but that would have seemed awkward. You're like, it says personal massager at the store in case you all want buy one. Tachi magic wand. Gentlemen, you should get them too so that women think you're gods. Moving on. Or if you have a ball thing, just get it. You'll enjoy it. So we'll link it into show notes so you can support the show and support your junk. We want your junk to be happy. We want happy junk. So happy. Happy junk. They are definitely not paying for the sponsorship. One day, one day, that'll be the dream. God, if Itachi ever sponsors us, like I don't, here's the thing. The product sells itself. They don't need to give us money. I know. And they make like tractors. Like they make like a lot of different shit. Ginger, this has been great. Uh, So first off, uh, we have some fantastic Patreons to thank. Alec, BN, Brian Gowdy, Carl, Craig Elliott, Glenn Shriver, Jason Mitchell, Mark Romer, Michael Gatt, Rowdy, Richard Hardell, and many others. And if you want to be a Patreon and hear more of our conversation with Ginger, just hop on over to patreon.com slash two girls one mic. You wonderful people helped edit this episode and send her a microphone. And she was a natural with putting it in front of her face. Oh, you're going to definitely want to subscribe to hear what we talk about next. It'll be more balls and face, more balls and face. (laughs) More stuffing, more stuff. Uh, But Ginger, where can our fantastic listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at GingerBanks1. Make sure you type in GingerBanks1 and then hit enter and then look for my profile. Everything else is an impersonator. 
Oh. Or you can find me on Instagram at the Ginger Banks. In the show notes, we'll also link to her Twitter. So, you know, it's not. We want the real Ginger Banks. Yeah, you want the real Ginger Banks. And Yvette, where can our listeners find you? Y'all can find me at the Cybabe on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook.com slash Cybabe and Cybabe.com for all of my usual snark and science. And Alice, where can our listeners find you? You guys can find me at Rational Blonde on Twitter, uh, but also at our Patreon page. So, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.